You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota, and it is the Sunday before Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. If you live where we live, it doesn't seem very Christmassy. I mean, the Christmas lights are up on people's homes. Christmas trees are up. People might be thinking about Christmas, but a lot of the Christmas things that we've done in the past, we're not able to do because of COVID. We didn't have the church Christmas dinner. We didn't have the Chris, the children's Christmas program. Uh, we're not having extended family come over to our house because COVID. Uh, it's just sad. And a lot of people aren't feeling the Christmas spirit. But instead of focusing on what we feel or our traditions or the things that we used to think made Christmas successful, let's really take this opportunity to focus on Jesus at Christmas and the Holy Spirit. I mean, Christmas has been brought to us by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the Holy Spirit at Christmas time. So when we look at nativity scenes, we don't see the Holy Spirit, though I don't know how they would draw him in. Uh, when we hear Christmas stories, uh, we often don't focus a lot on the Holy Spirit's work in the Christmas story or the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. So in this short period of time that I have, I'd like to just focus on the Holy Spirit as shown in the Christmas story and then the Holy Spirit in our lives. How can you and I get more of the Holy Spirit to be even more effective in living our Christian lives? So let's just look at the Christmas story and see the Holy Spirit showing up again and again. All right, Mary, we see Mary is given a baby by the Holy Spirit. So the angel answered her in Luke 1.35, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit is the one that made it possible for Mary to have Jesus, to carry baby Jesus. The Holy Spirit made it possible. Uh, Mary, uh, a young, unwed mother, pregnant, uh, not socially acceptable back then, appeared to uh, go hang out with Elizabeth for a while, maybe get, get out of her neighborhood and out of her social circle, as I'm sure the whole town was talking about her. And there, Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, uh, who was also going through something miraculous, encouraged Mary through the Holy Spirit. So through the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth encourages Mary. So let's look at that. Luke verse chapter 1, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So little John the Baptist knows Jesus, little preborn Jesus is near, and he's jumping up. He's all excited. Little preborn John the Baptist is all excited about preborn Jesus, and that's pretty exciting. In a loud voice. So she's filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth is. And this is the encouragement she's given Mary. In a loud voice, Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb, little Johnny, leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed in what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. What a great encouragement. Mary needed that encouragement. Elizabeth was encouraged by that. It was just a great encouraging thing. The Holy Spirit encourages us, and the Holy Spirit was encouraging in that part of the Christmas story. We remember Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, when told by the angel that Elizabeth would have a baby, uh, John, um, he didn't really believe the angel. I uh, don't know why he didn't believe the angel, but he had questions. And therefore, as a result of his actions, he was unable to speak until the baby, until John was born, until after John was born. So uh, Zechariah hasn't been able to speak for an entire pregnancy. So that's like close to nine months, right? And if you made me not say a word for like nine months, I would probably have a lot of words in me just ready to flow out. I just probably just talk and talk and talk and talk. And maybe you think I already do. I don't know. But anyway, so doubting Zechariah, silent for all of Elizabeth's pregnancy, is filled with the Holy Spirit to prophesy, to foretell, to tell what's going on. The Holy Spirit gives him these words after in all obedience. He says, his name is John. Name that boy John, because that's what he was instructed to do. So immediately, Luke chapter 1, verse 64, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. You can read more about that, Luke chapter 1. Uh, read verse 68 and after that, if you want to hear what he had to prophesy. Anyway, his words came out of his mouth, flowing from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story. So uh, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, which is interesting because in the Old Testament, uh, before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and we all receive the Holy Spirit when we get saved, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for a period of time and then he might leave. So uh, anyway, Luke 1.15 uh, about John the Baptist said he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. John the Baptist was part of the Christmas story. And then after Jesus was born, Simeon came along and encouraged Joseph and Mary by the Holy Spirit. So Simeon was told, was moved, was directed by the Holy Spirit. So here, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. Wouldn't you love that to be said about you? I mean, to live a life that was righteous and devout. What kind of life did he live? He was righteous and devout. Let that be your New Year's resolution to be a person who is known for being righteous and devout. A person who lives their life known to God and the angels is being righteous and devout. Sometimes you can fool people by the way that you live in front of other people. Uh, God sees the heart. Angels can see everything. So righteous and devout in 2021. All right, anyway, back to Simeon. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child to Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, 
Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And you can look at Luke 2.29 and uh, read on from there to see what Simeon had to say. But he was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was directed and guided. He knew that he wasn't going to die until he saw the Messiah, even the little infant baby Messiah. So anyway, Simeon was enabled to see Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. In Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And we are to live our lives like Jesus when we get saved, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. Saved? Saved from what? Saved from the penalty of our sins. Uh, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it says in Romans 3.23. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We need to be saved from our sins. We need to believe upon Jesus. We need to believe that Jesus Christ came and lived among us, that he died on the cross and he rose again and that he's returning soon by placing our faith in him, that we can be forgiven of our sins. And so many things happen. When that happens, we're adopted as children of God. Our prayers get answered when it's according to the Lord's will. We are assured heaven. Um, just so many things happen when we become true Christ followers, when we're born again. As Jesus said, you must be born again. So would you like to be born again today? Would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? What a great thing to do at this Christmas time is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A great way to do that, to show that you believe in Jesus and that you're placing your trust in him is through prayer. Praying something like this. Follow me if you would like to pray to receive Jesus Christ and to be saved. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming and living among us. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again. Please forgive my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you. Uh, prayer like that. Uh, we always end our prayers in Jesus' name because Jesus said that when we ask uh, with his name in his name, uh, it's like putting a stamp of authority on our request. So when we pray and when we ask the Lord to come into our lives, not only do we get all those things that I mentioned, but we also receive the Holy Spirit. You know, there's some people that teach that first you get saved and then you get the Holy Spirit later, but that's not what the Bible says. So you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is active as part of your salvation, but you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. You can be led, directed, guided, taught, empowered, used more by the Holy Spirit if you will ask for it, if you will yield your will and your life, if you'll hand your life over to the Lord, you will receive more of the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about that for a couple minutes here. Ephesians 1.13 says the Holy Spirit is given to us the moment we are saved. 
So Ephesians 1.13, you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit is a deposit on our salvation. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us to live the Christian life. There's no way you can live the Christian life on your own. You need the Holy Spirit to help you, to enable you, to uh, equip you, to guide you. So the Holy Spirit is given to us the moment we get saved. The Holy Spirit lives in every true Christian. So if you're truly a Christ follower, you have to have the Spirit. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can belong to Christ, which means that you're not saved. So it's a package deal. You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you immediately receive the Holy Spirit. You know, we often see the Holy Spirit working in our lives as the fruit of the Spirit grows in our lives. The Holy Spirit fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So as we're living in Christ and the Holy Spirit's working in our lives, we should see more love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Look back on your life. Think about what your life was like before you came to Christ. You've been a Christian for a long time. It might be hard to remember. It's always good to keep that in perspective. Just think about that. What was your life like before you came to Christ? How did you come to Christ? What has your life been like since you've come to Christ? Those three questions, when you answer them and are prepared to share them, are called your testimony. And you should share your testimony with others to let other people know how you came to Christ. And hopefully you can look back and see a pattern, see a change, see growth in your life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control through the Holy Spirit. That is an awesome part of Christmas because those are all things that we'd want for Christmas. We'd want to show for Christmas. We'd want to be for Christmas. Uh, if you could put that in a package and give that to people, that would be the ultimate gift. And we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be controlled by wine and alcohol and drugs, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. There's no regret being guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit. But when you get drunk... How many times you don't even know what you're doing. You lose inhibition. You lose self-control. You lose a lot of that stuff that we just looked at in the fruits of the Spirit. Some people are angry drunks and they definitely don't have any patience or self-control. So I know that at this holiday time, it's easy to find stuff to drink. Actually, I just saw in the news that people are like twice as likely to drink right now, especially since they're stuck in their homes. Those stay-at-home workers are, some of them have admitted that they're drinking on the job 
or they've clocked out from their home office to go have a drink. So uh, the Bible doesn't condemn drinking, but it does condemn drunkenness. And if your drinking causes someone else to fall into sin, or if your drinking alcohol leads to drunkenness, then just don't do it. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get pulled down uh, or even destroyed by alcohol. You know, the Holy Spirit warns us that we can grieve him, that we can bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 4.30, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Uh, Ephesians 4.30 and 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. So by having unconfessed sin in our life, by not listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, by not choosing to live the way that the Holy Spirit's been teaching us to live. Now, the Holy Spirit's not like this weird, mysterious force that will tell you things that have never been heard before, uh, things that have never been said. No, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. So as you spend time in the Word of God, it is always a great thing to pray before you start reading scripture and pray before you start uh, serving the Lord and pray before you start sharing your testimony, pray before you start teaching or discipling somebody for the Holy Spirit to help you, to equip you, to empower you. I remember there was a time when I was a volunteer in a youth ministry at a church. And so I was working full time and I was taking classes from two Bible colleges and I had a young family, and I was also the volunteer youth pastor at my church. And there'd be times when I'd roll into the parking lot about six o'clock or so before we started the junior and senior high youth group. And I was just so worn out. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't even want to do this. And I would pray for the Holy Spirit to help me, to empower me. Every single time the Lord was faithful, the Holy Spirit did help me, empower me, give me that strength, give me that energy. You know, so many times when we don't feel like doing something that uh, we know the Lord wants us to do when there's that spiritual battle, if we would just be faithful to show up, faithful to do what we know we need to do or should do, the Holy Spirit kicks in and then helps us to be successful. I don't always think the Holy Spirit like uh, helps you and empowers you when you haven't shown up or when you haven't made an effort. I think that the Holy Spirit empowers you and helps you after you've been faithful on your own to show up and you've asked for his uh, special help. So anyway, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't put out the Spirit's fire by sin in your life, by uh, not listening, uh, by not following the Holy Spirit's guiding, guidance, by not confessing the sin that the Holy Spirit brings to mind at the end of the day. Uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, I talked about testimony and sharing Jesus. This is one of the things that we're supposed to do. Uh, Jesus is entrusting us to share the message with others. Some of us are better at it than others. Some of us have gotten better at it because we've practiced, because we've been to a training, because we've learned. Uh, some people are just terrified to share their faith because they're afraid that someone is going to ask them a question they don't know the answer to, or someone's going to remember the way that they've acted in the past, the things that they've done in the past and think they're a hypocrite. So don't fall for that. I think devil, the devil uses that as a trap. But the Holy Spirit empowers you to share Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, hey, before you go out and turn the world upside down, wait for the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 
49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. That's the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We will receive power from the Holy Spirit to share our faith and to make disciples and to um, be a light in the darkness, uh, to tell other people about Jesus. The power through the Holy Spirit enables us to be witnesses to what Jesus has done, that testimony that I mentioned, uh, witnesses of what we've seen, of what we've learned about Jesus. And we're to do that in our hometowns, uh, near, uh, around us, in our neighborhoods, in Jerusalem, in Judea. We need to do that in the county. We need to do that in the state. Uh, we need to do that in our nation and Sumeria uh, and to the ends of the earth. So, uh, I mean, just think about that. Through social networking videos, you can make a difference around the world. So Pastor Dan has a weekly uh, word from Pastor Dan, and basically he just shares stuff that he's been uh, learning in his Bible reading. And uh, he reads through the Bible a lot. So I'm not sure how many times he's read through the Bible this year. I think it's at least three times he's read through the entire Bible. And he takes notes as he goes along, and then he shares some of the things that uh, feels the Holy Spirit has shown him during the week in his Word from Pastor Dan devotional. So that is on our Facebook page, uh, River Rock Church MN, our Facebook uh, church page. And it's also on our website, riverrockchurch.com. You can search for um, a word from Pastor Dan. And anyway, so people in different countries are sending him uh like encouragements about the things he's been sharing and, and following him and stuff like that. So he's being a witness uh, by sitting on his couch, something simple, just sharing from God's word. Uh, he's doing that to the ends of the earth. And our video and uh, some of our audio from the servants uh, go around the world to different parts um, of the country. So you can do the same thing with uh, what you share, but share. Uh, no matter where you are, bloom where you're planted. Don't think about, well, you know, someday if somebody gives me a stage and a microphone or if somebody gives me a, a opportunity to be on a TV broadcast or whatever, just deal, um, just serve with what you have, just share what you know and make a difference in people's lives. You know, another way that can go is you can share with somebody that's here and then they can go off and share it somewhere else. Years ago when I worked uh in a corporation, I was sent to the airport to go pick up one of the salespeople from Boston. So I'm sitting in the airport and I'm waiting. That was before they had all the security stuff and you are not, not, not allowed to do that anymore. But then I was just sitting there waiting for the plane to come in. There was a guy from China there and he was an older man. He was asking me all sorts of questions about Minnesota. And uh, so this plane was late really late. So I answered his questions about Minnesota. And then I started to share about my faith in Jesus and ask him about faith in China. And I gave him a gospel tract. I shared the whole plan of salvation and what Jesus meant to me. And then uh, before he left, I said, I'm just curious, what do you do in China anyway? He said, well, I'm a university professor. And I'm like, interesting. And then the plane came in and the salesperson that I needed to give a ride back to the corporation showed up. That was the end of that. But I've always wondered, wonder if I planted any kind of seed that that university professor took back to China with him. 
anything's possible and anything's possible with your faithfulness. Be faithful in the little things and let the Holy Spirit use you. The Holy Spirit empowers us to share Jesus. You know, sometimes when we share our faith, sometimes when we're being faithful, people don't appreciate it. Sometimes it leads to insults. Sometimes people talk behind our back, call us naive, call us a religious fanatic, call us hypocrites, call us all sorts of things. Sometimes it even leads to persecution. But know that the Holy Spirit is with you when that happens too. 1 Peter 4, 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So know the Holy Spirit cares and the Holy Spirit is there when you are insulted or even persecuted for Christ. So what can we do to receive more of the Holy Spirit? What can we do to be guided and directed and used more by the Holy Spirit? What can we do to have life transformation that comes through the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing that we need to do is present our bodies to him. Present our bodies to the Lord and say, we want to be used. We are available. Romans 12.1 says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we ask the Lord to use us. We say, here I am. I want to serve. Here I am. I want to change. Here I am. I want to be transformed. Here I am. I want to be used by you, Lord. I want to be part of your plan. I want to be in your service. I want to be a world changer. I want to be faithful and to spend time not following after all the things of the world, the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So how do we renew our minds? By spending time in God's word. Uh, when we meditate, we don't empty our minds. Instead, we ponder scripture. We think about scripture. We think about how scripture applies to our life. We meditate on how the things of God uh, work out in our life. And it is a great way to, to be used by God, to be transformed, to be changed, to be ever changing. Don't think that you're ever going to reach a point where you don't need to keep being changed and transformed where you think you've arrived, where you think that you're 100% complete. You won't be 100% perfectly sanctified and holy, and you won't know everything about the Lord and his word uh, until we receive those glorified bodies when we're face-to-face -face with Jesus, with him for all eternity. So present your body to him. So are you willing to do that? Are you willing to just show up um, before the Lord? And say, Lord, I just want you to take over my mind, my personality, my spirit, my love, my ambitions, my all. Give that to the Lord and trust him with it. I think you'll be surprised with the results. I think you'll be surprised at how faithful the Lord is. I don't think you're going to lose anything worthwhile, but I think that you will gain everything. So you presented your body and then ask. Ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. Ask the Lord to overflow you with his spirit. You know, D.L. Moody was a great man of God, started the Moody Bible Institute. I uh, was a preacher who could preach to like 20,000 in an auditorium in Chicago without a microphone. Uh, people would leave work in the middle of the day to go hear D.L. Moody 
preach. He was greatly used by God. And if I remember right, I think I read a quote that said that he needed to be filled with the Spirit continually because he was a cracked pot and he leaked. Or something similar to that. You can look it up and then uh, send me a message as to the exact quote. Something like that. And I am too. I am a cracked pot and I leak. I need to be filled constantly with the Holy Spirit. So, um, Luke 11, 9, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. So, ask. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask to be empowered and used by the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, the Lord could just give it to us, but we wouldn't know where it came from. We wouldn't know what it was, but when we ask for it, and then we see it and identify it, we know that is the Holy Spirit living in me. That is a good thing to have for Christmas, too. So number three, obey. Obey. God gives his Holy Spirit to them that obey him. So Peter is addressing the crowd, and they're not very happy about what he has to say. And they're like, "Uh, why don't you just be quiet and not share this stuff anymore? And Peter's like, "Uh, no. So Acts 5.32, he says, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So who did God give the Holy Spirit to? Those who obey him. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, then it's obvious you need to obey him. Are you ready to obey and ask and do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do? I mean, it seems pretty simple, but it could transform your life. If you were, if you were led by the Holy Spirit and lived the scriptures, if you spent time in God's word, and as the Holy Spirit showed you things that you needed to stop, things you needed to do, things you needed to focus on, things you needed to say and not say, uh, things you needed to know about God and Jesus and our future, uh, that would totally transform your life. And as your life is being transformed, I'm pretty sure that that would overflow into the lives around you. And that would transform their lives too. And then have faith. Have faith. Have faith that the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, that the Holy Spirit is filling you, that the Holy Spirit as at work is at work in you. Galatians 3, 2. So let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. We received the Holy Spirit because we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because we believe the scriptures. So if you read it and you know it's true and you have faith and you believe it, then you can trust that you are going to be filled repeatedly with the Holy Spirit. So we receive him by faith, just as we receive the Lord in salvation. He comes as a gift of God to us in power. First, he comes in, you know, some degree and measure when we're converted. Otherwise, we couldn't be converted. But without him, we couldn't be born again because we are born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit also works through music, through song. Uh, Sometimes I know that not everybody likes singing. Um, Some people like the way other people sing more than others. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. In some cultures, a song uh, is considered beautiful, where other cultures it's not. But the Holy Spirit can speak to us, can empower us and guide us, direct us, and um, encourage us. Did I say that? Through music, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, 
and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So spiritual people sing. That's why we sing in church. That's why song in church is so important. Anyway, I think I'm out of time. So there's a video to show you here in a minute. But um, we'd end with this. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. Romans 15, 13. And that is what we need so much. We need hope. We need hope that next year is going to be better than this year. We need hope that this virus will go away and that we will be able to um, get back to our lives. Hopefully our lives will be better than they ever were before now that we've had this experience. But anyway, uh, next time, next Sunday, I am going to share about hope in the coming year, how we can have hope in the coming year. And I can't believe that this Friday is Christmas. Uh, in the middle of the week, I'll release a Christmas Eve message online. But again, like many other churches, River Rock is currently only online. So we're working to acquire a new place, place to meet in the very near future. So that when this COVID stuff is over, we have a place of our own. Uh, we've been, had been meeting in the school for a long time. Uh, all the setup and tear down and all that work. Wouldn't it be great to have church and not have to worry about any of that? Just open the doors and have church and do so much more than we were able to do before. Would you pray about that? Would you pray for us in that, that we can come up with our own building? Uh, you can watch more of our sermons, uh, our messages online. Uh, they're in, the videos are on YouTube and Facebook. Otherwise, you can listen to the audio version on the podcast. If you go to riverrockchurch.com slash watch, it will uh, give you information on how you can access that. Or for the audio, if you go to riverrockchurch.com slash listen, it will help you to uh, find all the links. Uh, we're on all sorts of different services like Spotify and um, TuneIn Radio and uh, Pandora and iHeartRadio. And so same message, just on very uh, many different outlets, many different channels. So anyway... If you want to share your prayer requests or uh, answers to prayer praises, go to riverrockchurch.com slash pray and uh, you get information on how to share that with us. So, and again, we're trying to uh, keep going in the midst of COVID, trying to be faithful with the resources that we have to minister to the people that are part of our church and all around. Uh, when you give to support River Rock Church, you help make that possible. So you also help make it possible for us to get a future building. So uh, um, we thank you for your uh, prayers and financial support. high above us, God sees. From far beyond us, God hears. From his eternal distant home, God loves. He sees all people in all places. And it's easy for us to imagine that he does so from this perspective. High beyond, distant. But then, Christmas. It appears without earthly fanfare or celebration. 
The cry of this child screams that the same God who is above and beyond and distant has not only come close to us, but that he's indeed with us. So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, with us, the manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation, God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us, and he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is God with us. Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. So anyway, Merry Christmas. I hope that your Christmas time is blessed. I hope that you have opportunities to share what Jesus truly means to you. I hope that lost people will be saved. I hope that saved people will see that they have a great opportunity to be world changers and to be used uh, to promote the kingdom of God, to help other people find hope in these dark times, to uh, even earn eternal reward as they are faithfully serving Jesus because he's going to return and he says he's going to reward everyone according to what they've done. And uh, you really find satisfaction in life and excitement when you're living for Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit was part of Christmas. I hope you have an awesome Christmas week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.